Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do. With status post adulting hey status post adulting family this is sammy and michelle and you're listening to the 22nd episode of status post adulting where we are going to be talking about attachment styles but first let me check in with my co-host michelle how are you doing michelle i'm doing well sammy though i have to say i'm a little annoyed because well i've been answering a lot of spam calls Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because California is one of those states where they've rolled out this vaccine lottery situation. And due to privacy reasons, I believe, they don't announce who the winners are. And so they have this policy where they'll call you and if you don't pick up within three days or whatever, they move on to the next person. Which, look, I understand the chances of me winning the California vaccine lottery are low. I'm by no means betting on it. But I keep picking up these spam calls. I'm like, hello, governor? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you, you, the law is looking for you, or you need to pay your taxes, or I don't know, other things that I just ignore. The IRS in a robot voice. God knows what kind of information they're getting from me in that, mm-hmm. that minute where I pick up that noise. Let me tell you, if you're trying to get lucky with your calls this week, if you call this girl, I'll probably pick up. That is so true, Michelle. And as someone whose voicemail goes straight to a plumbing company. Oh my gosh. Yes. For some reason, every time people call me, if I don't answer, instead of going to my voicemail, it goes to this plumbing company who I'm sure hates me by now. <laughs> yeah. First off, we're not really sure what this company is, though some of Sammy's coworkers did try to interrogate them. <laughs> Sometimes it goes to like a random person. Like my mom and I have gotten a woman a couple of times who's like called back and accused us of harassing her. Like it's the strangest thing. And we went to the Verizon store to try to get it fixed and unfortunately he just wasn't able to do it that day but sammy doesn't get voicemails it just literally goes to someone else someone who's probably accepting the vaccine lottery right now on your behalf (laughs) that's my fear so sammy and i are excited to talk about attachment styles this week of all the topics we've done so far this is the one that has been requested the most People have been telling us that they read the book Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. And so we were excited to read the book ourselves. We are familiar with the topic, but hadn't actually read Attached. And so a lot of this podcast will be based off of the information and the studies that they aggregated in that book, which has a heavy romantic focus as well in terms of attachment styles. Hopefully we can give a little bit more insight into what the different attachment styles look like. Exactly, Michelle. There are four main attachment styles. There is anxious, which makes up about 20% of the population. These people are eager to open up intimately, but fear their partners do not care for them as much as they care for their partner. Next, we have avoidant, which make up about 25% of the population, and these people have a tendency to be reluctant to build intimacy. Then there's secure, which is over 50% of the population, who can easily become intimate with their partner. And the next category is actually a combination of anxious and avoidant. They share traits of both those categories, and this is very rare. It makes up about 3 to 5% of the population. It's interesting and comforting, Sammy, that secures make up a good majority of the population. 
So starting with people who have an anxious attachment style, they tend to be preoccupied over their relationship. They are, like Sammy said, eager to open up intimately. But as the book mentioned, they fear their partners don't care for them as much as they care for their partners. And so this can make them very attuned and a little hyperreactive to negative singles. They can think there's a threat sometimes if there is or if there isn't. In the book, they talk about something called activating strategies, which is something that people do when they're experiencing anxious attachment, which compels them to try to do different things to get close to their partner because they feel like their partner is pulling away. If the partner is secure and they're able to respond to their activating strategies early on, typically this can help alleviate any problems, but if not, it can cause them to spiral. I remember when I had a partner that experienced probably an unhealthy level of anxious attachment, and if I went out or they didn't hear from me, I would get a bunch of texts and calls and complaints the next day because they didn't get that reassurance that... I was thinking about them or whatever it was. Yeah, Michelle, that's really common with anxious partners. If they get like a secure text or call, they may feel better and go into a comfort zone where they cool down. But if they don't get that response, then they start spiraling and becoming more and more worried, which can manifest as various behaviors. Definitely, Sammy. And those behaviors are called protest behaviors in the book, which is any action that you take to try and reestablish connection with your partner. This can be, like we mentioned in our example, excessively calling, texting, or attempts to contact your partner, even withdrawing, sitting silently, you know, staring at your phone, ignoring your partner, keeping a score. Okay, they texted me six hours ago, so I'm going to text them in the next six hours. They texted me this many times on that day. Acting hostile, rolling your eyes, leaving the room. It can be threatening to leave the relationship, even though you have no intention of leaving. Saying you have plans when you don't, or trying to do things to make that person feel jealous. Maybe telling them about a coworker that was flirting with you or something along those lines. One thing I liked about Attached, the book, is that they do give ways for people who have an anxious attachment to reflect on their attachment style and mimic ways that can help build a secure relationship. And one thing they definitely focus on too is that if someone with an anxious attachment style is able to find a secure partner, that helps to decrease the anxious attachment style. And next we have the avoidant attachment style. As we said before, avoidance can be reluctant to build intimacy with their partner. A lot of times they'll feel trapped in the relationship, they want their independence, they easily see their partner's negative traits. However, once they leave the relationship, a lot of times they may not be relieved, they may actually feel lonely, or at that time they'll start to see the positive traits of their partner and they'll want to be back in their relationship. Yes, Amy, I have to say, after reading the book and taking the quiz, which we'll include in the show notes, I do think I have an avoidant attachment style. It's funny because I suspected I would be avoidant because some of the things they said were like, avoidant people don't want to get married or have a long-term relationship. Or another one was avoidants don't want to sleep in the same bed as their partner. And I was like, yeah, definitely, I'm probably avoidant. But I think the main difference is the characteristic of a true avoidant is difficulty being close or opening up to their partner. I agree, Sammy. 
And I would add to that one thing I notice that differs between both of us and one thing I definitely want to be better about is that you're much better about communicating if something is going wrong or talking about issues as they come up versus avoidant people are much more likely to try to avoid having those conversations let things sort of just die out versus tackling problems head on. And that's definitely something that I'm not great at. Unlike the activating strategies that anxious people have, avoidant people have deactivating strategies. These are behaviors that avoidant people use to reduce intimacy. For example, they may say that they're not ready to commit, but then at the same time stay with their partner for years. Very guilty of that myself. (laughs) They may focus on their partner's imperfections. They may glorify one of their exes. Or on the other hand, they may imagine a idealistic partner that's out there for them in the future. Sometimes they flirt with others in front of their partner. They sometimes don't say I love you, but then they will imply that they do. They will pull away when things are not going well or if they feel like they've gotten too intimate or too close to their partner. Sometimes they form relationships with impossible people, like someone who's married or someone who they cannot form a relationship with. They sometimes check out mentally when their partner is talking to them, or they'll keep secrets or keep things vague about their personal life to maintain their independence, and they may avoid physical closeness. I'm definitely not proud to say, Sammy, that I exhibit many of those behaviors. I also noticed that in the different quizzes, they would ask Things like, and then when you talk to your partner, how do they respond? And I was like, talk to my partner. Uh, We never had a conversation about that. We just sort of let it fizzle out after we had that problem. So avoidance, definitely a big key is having a better communication style. Like, for example, secures. Here I am, a secure. (laughs) (laughs) So the next attachment style is secure. And I, Sammy, have a secure attachment style, which I am proud to say. Honestly, a bit shocked, but when I read about it, I did see how I do have the traits of a secure attachment style. To begin with, people with a secure attachment feel comfortable building intimacy with another person. They feel comfortable being vulnerable and opening up about themselves. And they also approach dating differently. Rather than thinking, does this person like me or how does this person feel about me? They see their potential partners and think, is this person capable of opening up, being intimate with me and giving me the love that I require. Another big trait with secure people is they are good at communication. I do see this in my relationships. I know one of my more recent relationships, I noticed that my partner was becoming increasingly distant and I brought up that conversation twice with him and got like somewhat reassuring feedback. However, the behavior continued and I ended up ending the relationship However, I didn't take it personally. I never really assumed that it was something that I was doing that was causing the distancing behavior. And even now, I don't reflect on the relationship in a negative light. Secure people also don't play games in relationships, and they're quick to forgive their partners as well. One advice, Sammy, that the book Attached does give is that if you do have an anxious or avoidant attachment style, one of the best things you can do is partner up with somebody who has a secure attachment style. And what's more, Michelle, is if an anxious attachment style and an avoidant attachment style pairs together, it can be very difficult. If you're just in the dating phase of things and you're either anxious or avoidant, it may be worth trying to find a secure partner rather than someone on the opposite side of the spectrum. 
However, if you're already in a relationship where one partner is anxious and the other partner is avoidant, it's not like doomed or anything like that. It just is going to require more work. And especially if both partners are open to discussing this and working on this, then I think it's something that can be improved. But it is one of those things because both partners have opposite natures that will consistently have to be worked on. And especially as life gets more complicated with things like parenting, managing money, taking care of sick parents, these issues can become increasingly difficult. It's true, Sammy. Also, one thing in Attached that they do reiterate a few times is that when it comes to all the attachment styles, it can be any person, any gender, any charisma level, introvert, extrovert, those type of things don't necessarily signal that a person is going to be anxious, secure, or avoidant. Yes, Michelle. And those were some of the general takeaways from the book Attached. With that said, Michelle and I... They attack avoidance a little bit in this book. Yes, when they had the chapter about anxious, they're very kind to the anxious people. And I assumed that the next chapter on avoidance would be similar. However, this book definitely is not a fan of avoidant people. Maybe this is a harsh critique, Sammy. <laughs> but if you're an avoidant and you're picking up the book, just know they're not handling you with the kitty gloves, let me tell you that. I do agree that the advice given to people with anxious attachment I felt was very helpful and very kind, if you will. Avoidant. The chapter was half as long. They're definitely very critical of anxious people getting in relationships with avoidant people. And I don't know, maybe I took it a little too personally, but I was like, I think with some better communication, you know, us avoidant people can figure things out. But I don't think it's a bad read. I think that it was really helpful for me to understand the different attachment styles more and Sammy and I like to joke that they do take avoidance down in this book, but it does provide good information in terms of evaluating what type of person you are, your partner, your, the relationships in your life. I agree, Michelle. It is a good book to get an idea of what the different styles are. I did also have another beef with the book, and that is because I lean towards a Buddhist philosophy of life, and their solution for people was to pair up with a secure person, and if they pair up with a secure person, then all their problems will be solved. They don't say it like that, but that was the general vibe that I got. And one thing about attachment in general is in Buddhism, attachment and love are two very different things. Attachment, it's more about how something makes you feel. So if I'm attached to something, I want more of it because it makes me feel better. I want to avoid losing it because that causes me stress and anxiety. However, love is about caring about somebody else, fostering that other person, helping that other person grow. Interestingly enough, in Buddhism, those two concepts are not necessarily interconnected. I think by telling anxious people and even avoidant people just to pair up with a secure person, I don't think that really solves their problem. I think, of course, working with therapy to understand why you have these attachment styles and learning how to regulate your own mood, I think would probably be even more beneficial. I see it as putting on shoes rather than trying to steamroll the entire earth so that you never step on a bump again. So takeaways for this week, Sammy. We do think that the book Attached specifically did do a really good job breaking down the different attachment styles, breaking down different aspects of each and things to evaluate in yourself and in your partners. 
Yes, Michelle. And then most important takeaway from the book is communicate. If you're worried about something going on with your partner, it is so much better just to tell them what you're thinking because their response, whether it being what you want to hear or what you don't want to hear, will help you make a good decision about what to do with the relationship from there. As soon as I date someone else, Sammy, I will definitely try communicating and I will let you guys know how it goes. I don't know if it'll be anytime soon because I'm going to avoid it as long as possible. And just so you know, I do think you're great at communicating with me. Thank you, Sammy. I appreciate that. And if you want to communicate with us, feel free to send us a direct message to our Instagram at statuspostadulting. You can email us, statuspostadulting at gmail.com. Send us a carrier pigeon, whatever works for you. Don't send us a carrier pigeon, please. (laughs) And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.